Bloody Elbow presents the Level Change Podcast, a combat sports variety show that brings you analysis, fight breakdowns, and insightful discussion of MMA's biggest headlines. Here are your hosts, Steffi Haynes and Victor Rodriguez. Welcome back, and thank you for listening to episode 219 of the Level Change Podcast. I'm Steffi Haynes, and I'm joined, as always, by my amazing co-host, Victor Rodriguez. And today, we have our other former amazing co-host, Mookie Alexander, joining us to do, finally, our 2023 champion picks. And he's also sitting in with us for our UFC 283 picks. And because it's quite an encompassing project we have here, we've decided to make that the entire show. So without any further ado, Mookie, I'm so happy you're back. Yeah, happy new year, everybody. Did I miss anything over the last couple of weeks pertaining to the UFC? Did I miss anything big that happened over the weekend pertaining to the UFC? Because it's it's all popping off. There, There are too many good things, bad things, tragic things happening all at once. And we expect nothing less from MMA. But even this feels like there's there's too much happening at the same time that so many of us couldn't have predicted. Hey, speaking of pop. Have you heard about that new fight slap Dana White League? That's the sound that slaps make. Pop. Yeah. 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 You got TBS, thing. motherfucker. I know you're going to be watching. I know you're going to be. I'm happy to have him back. Mookie Alexander, ladies and gentlemen. I, I would rather watch that new Velma abomination on HBO Max than watch one second of Dana White's power slap fight league or whatever the hell it's called. The white power slap. <laughs> <laughs> I would say this, though. I would recommend you go to my timeline and watch one of the slap videos that I have posted up. That's an eye opener. The guy has already been competing. And so he's up to the next level to face this next guy he ends up winning but when you see his face it's already bleeding and it's so swollen on one side it actually looks like it's melting down into his shoulder he doesn't he looks like he was in a car accident and that he Hmm. hit a brick wall at 90 miles an hour with just one side of his face i've not seen anything like that but it's a sobering eye opener for what we might be in for and man Hmm. All I could think of, and it's what I tweeted, was brain slushy. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather watch, if I want to see a melting face, I'd rather watch Doom Patrol. Folks, watch Doom Patrol. It's a good show. <laughs> yes. So we are going to start with our weekly picks recap. And we picked last week's card before we started our, our 2023 champions picks because there was no champion fight on that card. So we could get away with it. We all went two and three. So, time to get into the breakdown. Let's take a look at this past weekend's card, which was all right until, I would say, Ketlin Veer and and Rocky Pennington, which was really, really deadly to watch. Victor was so convinced that it was going to be exciting, too. Hey, 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 hey. I said there was a chance (laughs) that it might actually have some pockets of fun, and I am more than happy to admit I was wrong. (laughs) Mookie, what'd you think of the fight? I missed the I missed almost the whole card. Um, oh. but see, I was covering the Seahawks game. Spoiler alert, we lost. Lost very badly. <laughs> but it was a lot more enjoyable than watching Vieira versus Pennington on purpose. That's one of the best things about taking up this job full time is that I'm not subjecting myself to fights that I know are gonna suck. And uh 
Pennington actually won, huh? Yeah. Are we really going to get Pennington Nunez too? Oh God, I hope not. Really? I I, I hope just not. might. We just might. The I fight mean, I did see was uh, Cousin Umar against mm. um, Barcelos, and that is one of the, the sneakiest knockouts. Th- that was so violent, and just watching it in real time to throw that knee and then the left hook so quickly behind it, Barcelos was gone. That was a good gesture afterward because I thought Barcelos had had been uh, put into REM mode for a good while there. He 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 really was out, but this dude's a problem in, in at 135. Yeah, Umar was going to put him in rice. That's why I was picking him up like that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's the only polite thing to do. Fuck, what do you want me to do? I mean, it's, it's good. I'm applauding. I'm uh, Never mind. So we're going to move on. Roman Kopilov is looking better and better every single fight. And when we were picking this, Victor says, I don't know, sis. I think you're going to be wrong on this one. And look what happened. I was right. Mm-hmm. And it was a good fight. You know, Soriano has all the gifts. He does. He's got power. He's got speed. He's strong as an ox, but he can't seem to put all the pieces in one place and make it work. Mookie, what do you think of Soriano? Because you, you've you watched him. You know. He's got one other problem is that he cannot pace himself very well. Mm. And Kapilov, I mean, body kicks. Gotta love those. Soriano's a really good fighter, a uh, fun fighter to watch, but I think his ceiling is going to be limited because of his fighting style. Like, I think he's going to win a lot of bonuses down the line, but as far as being an actual contender in this division, I don't see it as particularly likely. And that's kind of depressing because I look at the state of the middleweight division, mm. and it really sucks. Mm-hmm. It sucks bad. Mm, yeah, it's not. It, it, I will say this. It, it is at least looking a little better than it has in some time. But that's not exactly saying too much, really. It's it's been um, the standard isn't great. I, I do have faith that that Puna might have some substantial improvements. Uh, I just wonder if they're going to come in time for him to be able to, like, you know, truly reach some kind of anything approximating contender status. But as for this goes, man, you know. Not the worst loss uh, in terms of, you know, setting him back. I mean, what is setting back in that at that point in the division? I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I'm i looking forward to see what Kapilov has next. And uh, I hope that Soriano is able to rebound from it. Then we get to Damon Jackson getting absolutely starched by Dan Ige. Y'all were right mm. on that one. Um I still don't have a lot of faith, though, because that seems like a very favorable matchup for Ige in that, you know, we've seen Damon Jackson's chin already checked. I don't know. I I need to see him against somebody better than Damon Jackson in all areas before I say, Dan Ige's back. (laughs) Is Ige back? I don't know. But I do know that the last three fights were as rough a a Mm -hmm. sequence as you could get. Korean zombie Josh Emmett, Movzar Evluev. Mm-hmm. So Damon Jackson's a considerable st- step down in competition, even acknowledging Jackson's four or five winning streak. Uh, just stylistically, that was never a good matchup for for Jackson. No. And his history of getting knocked out. Ige is a very well-rounded fighter, and he can pack a punch. I mean, he doesn't rack up knockouts on the regular or anything like that, but he smoked out Gavin Tucker in 20 <laughs> seconds. And yeah. he, he's got that ability to to really put a hurt on somebody. So that that was good for Ige to just get his his, his confidence back up and probably avoid getting cut because yeah. four straight losses and five out of six, even as difficult as that schedule uh, has been for him, that could have put him in a really dicey spot considering the, the UFC's tendency to uh, 
let let fighters go after a pretty lengthy losing streak, especially ones who don't have big names. And the ones that have been in there long enough to warrant the the pay bumps up, he's probably not making a little bit. Um, he's probably not making what he's worth, obviously, but he's probably making a little bit more than the standard to keep you around on that kind of a losing streak. I would imagine he probably made better money than, say, a Sam Alvey because of his place in space up in the rankings, right? Yeah, uh, almost certainly so. Yeah, I, I, I feel and I'm sorry, I got to sip in. I feel like you're disparaging the good name of Sam Alvey. I, I don't like that. That it also sit right with my spirit. <laughs> All right, so we're going to move on to the main event. Sean Strickland put in a pretty good performance, but a pretty good for performance for Sean Strickland isn't always going to guarantee some action. The fight was okay, I guess. I mean, I found moments where I wanted to go surfing Twitter more often than not, but, I mean, it wasn't as bad as some of Sean Strickland's fights. Can we agree on that? I didn't watch this fight. I didn't watch the highlights because I know very, I know full well I'm not going to be entertained. (laughs) I mean, his best fight to me recently is the Alex Pereira fight. And if they ever rematch, (laughs) sign me up because he might just do the exact same thing. Uh, Imavov, I feel for him because he was supposed to have a totally different stylistic matchup in Gaslam. I mean, he he, he would have been fighting a guy who probably can make welterweight if he ever committed to dieting. (laughs) And he'd also be fighting a southpaw. Strickland is a taller dude different style of fighter and i think gasoline for all of my talking about strickland gasoline i think is pretty clearly on the downside of his career yeah. and that was a much more winnable matchup for for imav up i picked imav up out of spite in part and also because strickland took this on on next to no notice but um imav up, i don't think it hurts him too much and it keeps strickland afloat in the middleweight division yeah i'm inclined to agree i mean it showed more than anything I mean, that his his cardio needs some work his striking is not as layered as perhaps it could be um other people have figured out strickland i'm not sure how how nasruddin wasn't able really to kind of work around and chip away at the edges but that's i mean these things will happen i suppose you know if you're if you're crafty and you've got the that that veteran savvy strickland at least has that in his back pocket sometimes you'll be able to okie doke your way and have uh have wins like this and they are what they are that's it's not it's not the worst fight you're gonna see but it certainly wasn't i don't know this this was just a thing it just didn't it, it just was there i don't I, this outside of the ige finish and the umar knockout it's like was there anything really truly memorable about this the entirety of this card i can't think of much um the fact that they they uh had the banner up that announced John Jones and Cyril gone before the event that was pretty funny but, uh, uh, wow. it, here's the problem I have with everybody that fights Sean Strickland nobody's chopping his legs out from under him he's got mm. some pretty solid legs too so you <laughs> chop those things out from under him and you might have a better chance but not very many people go to his legs at all nobody's really boxing him up to the body either and I'm pretty sure if you if you lay some on that liver you're going to get some results but he's actually a very durable guy when you're when he's facing someone not named alex Pereira, and who was the other one that starched him mookie he got like elizio zaleski yeah, elizio capoeira way back at welterweight yeah so those two guys are the only ones to put him down uh, I think I think Alex Pereira might have thought about doing those things, but he also realized he wasn't getting paid by the hour, so he kind of said, "Fuck it." Mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. All right. So before we do our 
2023 champion picks, we are going to go ahead and do the UFC 283, uh, five of the six fights on the main card we are going to look at. Uh, first up, we've got Paul Craig and Johnny Walker. I'm going to start with you, Mookie. Well, uh, that's going to be a fight that could be a total mess. It, it could be a future depressed classic or Paul Craig is going to get absolutely plastered. Uh, Walker's last fight was that Kutalaba fight and him getting a submission is one of the least likely things I, I believe we could have imagined out of Walker the way he's been fighting. Uh, I think we've seen the limitations of Craig's game. Yes, he is phenomenal at pulling off these incredible submissions off of his back. Just when it looks like he's in trouble, he can he can snatch a win out of nothing. But that Uzdemir fight was dreadful. Mm. And the, if he keeps doing that against Johnny Walker and he can't get him to grapple with him, Walker's got the power to just turn his lights off. So I'm going to go with Walker here. Yeah, that's who I went with, too. I, I went with him on uh, Care Don't Care, and they laughed at me. <laughs> oh, they're a pair of meanies. That's why. You can tell them I said so. That's fine. Uh, I, 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 Once again, this is like the Kudalaba thing in the sense that, like, who do I trust the least? It's really tough because Craig takes so much punishment to get to those submissions or, you know, he just doesn't look like he's doing that great standing and he'll pull something out of his back pocket. I'm not sure. Uh, But I guess that Walker's got the reach and the craziness to like maybe maybe do enough uh, damage standing. I I don't like this fight. I just whatever. I'm just going to go with Johnny Walker. Leave me alone. Christ. (laughs) All right. So we're all in agreement. Johnny Walker. Next up. Oh, that's my favorite. Jessica Andrade and Lauren Murphy. I'm going to go ahead and say it right off the bat. Mookie already knows. Jessica Andrade for me. This is a really good fight. It's also not a friendly fight for Lauren Murphy. No. Uh, I mean, she she looked good against Bisha Tate, but I don't know how much weight I can I can hold for, for, for that fight because Tate at 125 – that's just it was never going to work long term for her. So with Andrade, she still looks fan- fantastic. I mean, what was her last fight? The, the standing arm triangle choke mm-hmm. of Amanda Limos. She, mm-hmm. she can fight at 115. She can fight at 125. She can even fight at 135, as we remember way back when. Mm-hmm. That power is just going to be too much for, for Murphy to deal with. Is Murphy going to be able to out wrestle Andrade? Because if not, then this is mostly a kickboxing match and Andrade is going to be too damn strong. It's just the, the physical disparity. As much as I like Lauren Murphy as a fighter and as a person, Andrade is, is still at the top of her game and she's going to get a TKO. I think Murphy has actually got a better chance in, uh, than, than some might give her credit for if she can be if she can maintain a pace where she's fast enough and she's keeping the accuracy on her strikes while standing. Where I worry is whether or not she's going to leave herself open to counters because Jessica is really, really good at punishing a lot of those. And when it comes to grappling, well, I mean, if it's going to go down on anybody's terms, it's going to be on Jessica's, not Lauren's. And I really, really worry. I mean, look, Lauren has earned the opportunity to be wading in these waters in this part of the division. You can say what you want about it. I know it's not the strongest, fine, whatever, Misha Tate, blah, blah, blah. Point is, She's done very well to get here, and she's shown development that perhaps might not have been there previously, and I'm glad to see that. I still think she has a chance. I don't think that it's a very good one necessarily, and it pains me because, again, like I, I want to see 
I want to see her do well, but I, I just think that Jessica's not just athletically too much. I think her striking is also a bit more um, composed. It's got more wrinkles to it, especially as it, when it comes to her defense. Like I said before, their counters. You know, when it comes to the body, the body lock and the takedowns from there, and pressing against the cage, like all that work, especially in the clinch. If Jessica can get in there and punish her body with clinch work, I mean, it's it's going to be a miserable night. And I kind of think that that's what they're going to do. So I'm going to go with Andrade. All right. So we're going to get to this. They just get better and better. Burns, Gilbert Burns versus Neil Magny. This, listen, <laughs> I, I, Magny shits in the cake so often. Wow. I mean, I I really feel like he uh, is the greatest spoiler of all time, but I can't pick him against Burns. I'm sorry that Burns has heavy hands. He has phenomenal grappling. And I have asked around amongst the grapplers that I know, the real serious hardcores, who they feel is that has the best grappling in the UFC adapted to MMA. And mm. the universal consensus seems to be Gilbert Burns at present. Yeah. So I'm going to go Gilbert Burns here simply because I think Neil Magny won't be able to withstand the punches. Uh, Mookie, I'm going to go on over to you. This is not a good matchup for Magny at all. I know he's played spoiler a lot, but that Rachmanov fight was only two fights ago, not even a year ago. And Rachmanov made Magny look ordinary in there. And that's not an easy thing to do, given Magny is just a, a longtime veteran who can give a lot of people tough fights. But Burns not only is the more heavy-handed striker, if this gets to the ground, we have seen that Magny can just get out-muscled and out-grappled without too much difficulty. It happened in the Rachmanov fight, happened in the Chiesa fight, uh, happened to him against RDA. RDA barely let him breathe in that fight. So... Burns, I think, will outstrike him, and then if this gets to the match, he's going to tap him out. Burns is uh, he's he's. I really keep looking at the way that he fought uh, Chimaev, and the way he almost had him, man. And I get it, grenades and horseshoes, right? It doesn't count in MMA, but you got to look at the way he almost had him. He wasn't afraid to go to the ground with him. He stood and he traded with him. He almost knocked him out. Um, you look at a guy who's able to have that level of intensity and that composure, and he's still got that firepower. And on top of that, he's one of the most decorated and, and feared grapplers in the organization at just entirely. I mean, yeah, you know that's going to be a massive threat. And I'm sure Magny, I'm sure he's game planning something. I'm sure he's able to utilize his reach and his range and be able to, like, you know, Steffi, like you mentioned, right? He's able to play spoiler Y because he's able to fluster guys, do the old Chuck Knobloch, right? Throw them off with their timing and, and, and just get in their face and make it as ugly as he has to for as long as he has to. Uh, I hate picking against Haitian dudes, man. This is just what happens. I keep picking against Magni and he keeps surprising me. So he'll probably win this one, but I'm going to go with Burns. All right. So next up, we get to co-main event time. Davidson Figueredo taking on Brandon, Brandon Moreno again. Time number four. I got to go Moreno. That's all there is to it. Mm. How about y'all? I really have no idea. They, they're, they're just meant for each other. They could fight two, three more times mm -hmm. if we're all I care. Because yeah. the first fight, Figueredo won that fight. There's some terrible judging. Second fight, Moreno stopped him. Third fights, Moreno 
ends up losing a close decision. And the knockdowns, I believe, were the difference in that fight. It was the entire difference of the scoring. So no doubt that Figueredo has got the power to really fluster Moreno. But Moreno's got excellent striking as well. He can grapple with Figueredo. Um, the, the way he handled him on the mats in the second fight was really impressive. He, he's got incredible speed. Now, Figueredo figures to be the bigger fighter. I'm talking like in terms of weight because I don't think we're going to see Figueredo at 125 much longer. Mm. Uh, one X factor here. I've been seeing the events in Brazil the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Is Figueredo really focused on fighting Moreno or is he focused on fighting Lula's presidency? Yeah. <laughs> and, that, and that right there is what pushed me right over the edge to being a complete Moreno stan and not ever giving Davison Figueredo the time of day. This man's calling for a coup and everything. Come on. See, this, this is, is this where... It's going to make our... our champions predictions very very difficult mm-hmm. because now there's a new element what happens if a ufc champion gets stripped because they act they, they participated in an insurrection right. hey there's there's always a new avenue for john jones to explore you know what i mean <laughs> nobody's anybody coming for that record to get stripped of the belts there's john jones going ah 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 you ready to put that bitch back on his shoulder and give it right back John Jones. So uh, wait, wait, wait. I, I I didn't get Mookie's pick though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with Moreno by split decision that upsets the Brazilian fans greatly. They, oh these two God. are just so <laughs> difficult to separate. I'm picking Moreno. I love it. Go ahead, Victor. I'm worried about Brandon because of the fact that he's got the shadow of this this goddamn James Krause situation all over it. Now he's going to be out here with uh, Saif and, and them out in Texas, which, I mean, great team to be in or to be with. I probably would – I would have expected him to go down to like Extreme Couture or something like that in Vegas. But um, you got a great coach. You got a great environment. But it's also like right at this point of the camp where all this stuff happened and all the stress going on around it. But on the other hand, he's faced Davison a few times now. Right. This is this is not their first barbecue. So he's going to have some ideas what to expect. And maybe he already kind of has the recipe for how he's going to do it. He's already won one of those encounters. I can see him um, working out a game plan that will be advantageous to him. But I also kind of think that Davison maybe just has his number, man. He's He's not sitting there just waiting to get better i i i knew that he wasn't a real one when i saw that cool stuff because it's like he would have had one of those one of those oxen that he's got in his field and ridden that into the presidential palace if he was really serious but see that's he he ain't got it he ain't about that so um yeah i mean support for fascism aside which i i do not condone or support at least not today uh i i'm gonna go figure it on this all right so figure for victor and Marino for Mookie and I. All right, so we get to the main event. Glover Teixeira versus Jamal Hill. I'm assuming we're all going for Jamal Hill. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Oh, I'm sorry. I had to get one in. Yeah, I'm picking Teixeira. And, yeah. <laughs> and whatever whatever the hell Hill tweeted the last couple of weeks, uh, that had no impact on me picking Teixeira. I, mm. This is always going to be a Teixeira fight for me because as much as I think Jamal Hill is a talented fighter, even with the win over Santos, he's still very raw. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that Santos fight was messy. And Santos, of all things, the fact that he was wrestling Hill as often as he did and got some control time in, Teixeira not only can strike with Hill, I am worried that, you know, at, at this stage of his career, Teixeira can absolutely get wiped out by a big shot because Hill is that powerful. But if that doesn't happen and Teixeira does his usual thing of, I almost got knocked out or I did get hurt, 
he can come on strong. He's got the five round experience and he's just got a massive edge on the ground. I, I have to think that if he can get Hill in a bad spot, it's either take the back rear naked choke or get to full mounts, ground and pound, and then advance and do an arm triangle choke or something. Um, Hill might get there one of these days, but this isn't the time. I'm going with Glover to share to, uh, to get his belt back. And if this ends in a no contest or a draw and the belt remains vacant, I'll just laugh. <laughs> That's all I'll do. I'll laugh. I hope that light heavyweight and heavyweight have vacant titles forever in the UFC. Mm, that's <laughs> that's a that's an interesting scenario i hadn't really given any thought to um i yeah look i'm i'm seconding pretty much everything mucky said there's there's degrees there's layers to this hill could with not just raw power but just that speed land a couple of shots on glover and make it a quick one but i don't see him doing that i don't think he's got Again, it comes down to layers, man. He's going to have to do something and make Glover bite real hard on some amateur shit that you, know, you don't you don't you don't pull off against a guy like Glover when he's been in there and he's seen everything and he's been hit by damn near everything. So I don't think that's going to be the case here. I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with old man Glover yet again. I'm also going with Glover for no reason at all other than. Uh... I love him, and um, I can't stand Jamal Hill. So, boom, there, ha. All right, time to get to our champion picks for this this year, 2023. But I'm going to do it a little different. I just figure we would just call out the name of whoever we think is going to be the champion of each division. That's a good idea. And also, the timing of Nganu leaving the UFC yeah. is the fact that you picked Nganu to lose his belt mm-hmm. at the end of 2022. Mm-hmm. And... Dana announces this over the weekend. Mm-hmm. If he had just waited, if he had done it sooner, yeah. then you would have been correct. So now we have two belts that are vacant, so it makes the most sense. <laughs> right. Francis Francis did that specifically for Steph. He said, I'm going to be a gentleman <laughs> about this. All right, so I'm going to start at the bottom with Strawweight. So, Mookie, who do you think is going to be Strawweight champ? Zhang Weili, I think, retains the title throughout the year, meaning she'll probably fight twice this year. Uh, I look at her opposition. I've seen rumblings that Rose Namajunas might move up in weight. And if that's true, I don't really see anybody else being in, in true contention with her. Like, she's already stopped Andrade. I think she's way too good for Esparza. Amanda Limos can be up there uh, as having a faint chance because she's just a strong, strong fighter. Um, Marina Rodriguez would also be another uh, potential foil. But I think Zhang Weili is just too damn good for the rest of 115. She's going to be a dominant champion for a bit, I suspect. I also picked her. Victor? Yeah, I'm I'm also going with Zhang. I mean, again, it's like you look at the rest of the field, who's ready or who's that much of a threat. I think there's going to be some real good fights for her there, uh, the the aforementioned uh, contenders. But I don't see it, man. I don't see any of them actually taking it. All right. So we're going to move up to women's flyweight. And I am still going to say Shevchenko is going to rule the roost probably mainly because in that fight with Tyla Santos, I feel like she's probably learned a good bit. She probably pours over that thing every morning when she wakes up because she seems dedicated to her cause. And her cause is nobody going to take this belt from me. So I'm going to, I'm going to say Shevchenko because even if she rematches Tyla Santos, I think we'll see a different version of her. I'm I'm going to be bold here. I think this is the year Shevchenko loses her title. Okay. If not to Tyler Santos, um, Manon Fior. 
So, so one of those one. two. No. It really has to be one of those those, those two because Chukagan is still ranked number three to my amazement. So it's got to be either Fiora Santos. Yeah, you have I believe, to pick one. Yeah, Erin Blanchfield. Sorry, yeah. So I got to go with uh, Fiora. I think she will be champion. Okay. And down the line, Erin Blanchfield could be a contender, like a title challenger, but I don't think she's there just yet. So I got to go with Fiora. Okay. Victor. I am also going Furo. I think she's going to present some challenges that uh, Shevchenko, you know, I, I think this is where the game really catches up to her. I really think this is going to be the one, you know, that that puts her, um, you know, puts uh, more of a different kind of, of stress on her. And I think Tyla in a rematch might actually edge out a decision this time, having been in there and having, uh, you know, established uh, control and having a, a, a development in her gra- grappling game that's still ongoing, I think she might actually pull it off too. So I think Valentina's looking a lot more vulnerable than we would have expected a year or two ago. All right. Moving up to men's flyweight. I have Marino. Yeah, um, I think it's going to be Marino. It, 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 in other words, beats Figueredo. Figueredo moves up to 135. So who do I assume is going to be fighting at 135 next against Sterling whenever that happens? I don't think Moreno is just going to rule over that division very long. Flyweight is just still talented, and he's not miles better than everybody else. But I think Moreno will be the champion throughout this year. Mm, nah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Figueredo. Okay. All right. Next up, we have women's bantamweight. I went with Amanda Nunes. I don't think anybody is good enough to... Because that division is kind of threadbare, sort of. And I don't think anybody there is going to give Amanda Nunes any problems. So, Nunes, uh, um, uh, uh, what are they going to do? A third fight with Pena? She doesn't have a fight book right now. Pennington just beat Vieira. Holly Holm is fighting somebody, and I can't remember whom. I think it might have been Kunitskaya, but whatever yeah, it is. Really? Goodness yeah. gracious. Yeah, I <laughs> Misha Tate is, is ranked number 10. I genuinely have not looked at the UFC rankings over the last several weeks, and Tate is ranked mm-hmm. at number 10, huh? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amanda's keeping this belt. Okay. Victor? Uh, I Yeah, I, I guess she is. I mean, you're, they're probably going to do the Pena fight again. I don't, you know, if anything, it's actually probably the best thing they can do. I mean, what are they going to do? Have Amanda fight at featherweight? No, I I still think Amanda keeps it. All right. Moving up to men's bantamweight. I still have Aljamain keeping it. How about you guys? This is weird because if Sterling has got this bicep injury and it takes him out a little while longer, then it's possible we get only one or two Sterling fights this year. I think he he can beat Cejudo. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it, it's up for grabs. I guess Sterling would fight O'Malley, perhaps. Uh, Devalish Philly is a non-starter because they're, they're buddies, they're teammates. So Marlon Vera, if he beats Sanhagen, would have a good case for a title shot. But I would pick Sterling over Vera anyway. So I, I believe Sterling will hang on to the belt this year. But he I don't see him being up. like a legendary eight, nine-time title holder. I think he's going to keep this belt through this year. He he won't uh, be an eight nine time title holder. He's already said he's going to move up. Really? Yeah. Wow. He, he came out like last week on one of the shows and said something. Uh, no, it wasn't even a show. I saw it in a tweet. That's what it was. Uh, somebody asked him or made the comment to him. It doesn't matter because Merab and you will never fight anyways. And he said that's right. I plan on moving up next year anyways. 
He said that in a comment. So I'll have to hunt it down. It was either on Insta or on Twitter, but he definitely said he wants to move up to Feather. So uh, it's not out of uh, out of the realm of possibility. Everything that Mookie just said that he doesn't see an eight, nine um, belt run for him. I don't either, because I honestly think he's going to move up. He is huge outside of camp. I mean, absolutely massive dude is walking around. I would say. Estim- I would estimate conservatively around 165, 170. Mm. He's a, he's yeah. Massive. I mean, maybe, yeah, fine. What I think he keeps it sure. Okay. All right. So we are moving to women's featherweight. I, I mean, who's going to beat Amanda Nunes? I, I genuinely think they're going to shut this division down. So that means I'm going to say nobody has the belt at the end of 2023. I got I got news for you. There's a feather, women's featherweight belt on this card. There's a women's featherweight fight on on this 283 card. Yes. Well, uh, do I golf clap or something? <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what to do. I, I think that they're going to trash this thing at the end of the year. So that means Nunes vacates the belt. I don't even know if Amanda Nunes is is fighting in 2024. So I think she'll concentrate at 135 and 145 is a waste of time. So I I actually vote nobody will be champion at the end of 2023 at women's featherweight. All right. I put nobody for you. How about you, Victor? I whatever. I guess Amanda, unless she retires and then they shut the division down. All right. But let me ask you something. You went with Sterling too, right? I did. Okay. Just making sure. Mm-hmm. All right. And you are also going Nunes. So now we get to Featherweight. I don't see anybody taking uh, Volkanovsky's belt. Yeah. The, the only um, question mark would be whether or not Volkanovsky would permanently vacate 145 and go up to 155 full time. But we're going to get to that a little later with Makachev. So I, I believe Volkanovsky... A is going to lose to Makachev, and then B go back down to 145 and get a couple more wins. Fight the Emmett uh, Rodriguez winner next. Maybe fight Arnold Allen after that, and that'll be his 2023 all, all set and done, and he'll remain the champion. Mm, I got to strongly disagree with you, man. Not only do I think he beats Makachev, I think that the bigger challenge is returning back to featherweight because he's got to contend with the biggest threat right now that he could possibly face and that's number 11 bryce mitchell you heard it you saw it the man means business with that call out uh no man volkanovsky man what the fuck are we doing really no come on man all these other dudes there's some good dudes in there but there's a bit of stagnation right now somebody's got to break through that pack and i don't really see what's going to go there's a lot of a lot of pieces got to move first for this log jam to be undone starting with um starting with the, the, the upcoming Josh Emmett fight. So, I mean, that's really the one thing we need to wait for and to see what other transitions take place in that division before we can really get some, like, fresher contenders and some more excitement. All right. We are moving on to lightweight. I don't see anybody taking Islam's belt. I know Victor has Volkanovski taking it, so I will mark him down for uh Volkanovski having the lightweight title unless you don't think Volkanovski will hold it to the end of the year maybe I should start with you Victor uh mm, whether or not he holds it is an interesting proposition things happen when guys get two belts you know they get injured the schedule gets weird but this is these are two divisions where like he might as well so I I think he I think Volko takes it and keeps it um I don't I don't know how 
I don't know what that field looks like. Rather, I don't know what that schedule looks like. But I, I think he's, I think he's capable. I think he's going to do it. Okay, so I've got you for Volkanovski for both featherweight and lightweight. Shit, put me on Volkanovski for president. Shit, let's go. <laughs> right, Mookie. Sticking with Makachev, I, I expect that he will beat Volkanovski, and then who would be next? What Dariush? Yes, because because mm. Dariush beat Gamrot a few months ago. And I think Dariush deserves a title shot at this point. And I, I would favor Makachev over Dariush. And from there, who knows if he gets a third fight in. Maybe Conor McGregor comes back, of course. Rematch. But, uh, <laughs> uh-uh. Rematch with it's, Chuck. It's, it's going to be Makachev. Nobody's against, taking that belt away from him. This not time. against this fucking guy. He's not. Come on. <laughs> we, we are forgetting that we need to give Chuck the rematch. G- give who the rematch? Chucky Chuck. Chucky Olives. Yeah, yeah de- especially, uh, uh, yeah, Oliveira can get a rematch. And I, I will watch them fight multiple times over because I think Oliveira would be one of the few guys who could take one fight out of 10 against Islam. So I'm picking Makachev to stay the champ. Yeah, right. I'm I'm curious if this is the year where Michael Chandler or Rafael Fiziev make like a very serious, like a get get that shot at, at a title. I'm, I'm really wondering with those two guys in particular, what that's going to look like against someone like Makachev. Well, if, Fiziev you know, if Makachev is, were to retain. Fiziev is fighting Gaethje, so, <laughs> I mean... Yeah, well, there's, there's the first part. Of, see right there's the there. first part of that problem right there. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I'm there wondering you. if these guys they get the kind of wins that they need this year to be able to fight for a title by the end of it. I'm I'm really curious. I don't know. All right, so we're moving on to welterweight. For me, I think Usman's going to get his belt back. How about y'all? Same. Usman gets his belt back against Edwards. I guess they're fighting in March. Is that right? In yes. London. Yep. And then from there, I don't know who would be next. Hamzat is to be determined if he can make weight. Maybe Bala Muhammad gets the title shot, mm-hmm. and that would be cool, but that's a very, very difficult matchup for Muhammad to win. Mm-hmm. I- I'm going to go with uh, Usman to, to, to get the belt back and stay champ through the end of this year. Mm. I'm not. Listen, man, my, my fandom is strong. You understand? My passion runs deep. I applaud Leon Edwards because him winning the title is what caused all this disarray in the UK and allowed it to collapse. I mean, this I've been saying this shit since Brexit. The queen died. You know how she died? She saw the head kick and fell out of her fucking chair. Oh, she got the vapors. You understand? This is crazy. Prince the King Charles is miserable. Exactly. You can thank Leon for that. And I may I, I want that to maintain not just because of my love for Edwards, but for my hatred of all institutional things in the UK. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, you could probably get past Usman in a rematch. I don't know what that would look like. Uh, I don't think his chances are great. And even if they are, congratulations, you now have earned the opportunity to defend your title against Hamza Chimaev. What the fuck is that going to look like? I don't know, man. It's tenuous. I think he's probably the one who's at most risk because – He's facing some uh, real uh, potential, uh, just just badasses here. Bilal Muhammad is right behind Chimaev right now. Gilbert Burns breathing down his neck at number five. So um, he's got some work to do, and none of these matchups are looking exactly uh, super favorable for Leon. So he probably does lose the belt, but I'm hoping he does. He doesn't. Who actually ends up holding it? I'm not sure. I'm just gonna go with Chimaev. I, I guess. I mean, it just seems like the textbook thing to go with. Okay, so Chimay, so it's not going to be Edwards. No, not not in my book. I hope so. Jesus, I wish. I hope I'm wrong on this one, but I'm only right about terrible things. So I think I nailed this one. I got a good feeling about it. All right, <laughs> <laughs> middleweight. Um, I have Israel coming back in and taking his belt back. How about mm. y'all? 
I'm I'm torn here. If this was 2024, I would say Bo Nickel is going to be the UFC middleweight champion <laughs> the end of the year. But he, he's not going to be just catapulting up to, to, to the top of that division that quickly. At least I don't think so. Um, will Pereira win the rematch without a sign? He just might. And then then what? Whitaker? That would be an opportunity for Bobby Knuckles to be champion again. Mm-hmm. This is more difficult than it looks. So I, I'm going to play a, a slight surprise here and say that Pereira actually keeps his belt through the end of the year, okay. meaning he fights twice. He beats Adesanya in a rematch and then, I don't know, fights Whitaker or somebody else. And, and that will be his 2023 and then 2024. All bets are off with the Bo Nickel hype train. I am sold on that guy. Okay. How about you, Victor? I think Israel does have a very good chance. Again, this is it's the same thing I said about their kickboxing fight, right? Everybody just saw the knockout. They, they, nobody's thinking about what happened prior to that. He had Alex dead to right in that fight, but dead to rights, I should say. But uh, no, what happened happened. He's going to be on the shelf for a little while. And right now, right now, there's only one man I see doing it, baby. Bobby motherfucking Knuckles. I want to see it happen. <laughs> I want to see him do it again, baby. Whitaker. I'm glad to see it. when somebody is locked out out of the title picture like that and the doors go bursting open like that i love seeing a motherfucker charge in there talking about here comes a new challenger and i feel that man i think bobby gonna do it he's gonna take it he's gonna keep it all right i love that pick. i think i like the guy does can you tell does it show well you know what i like the guy too so I, I'm, I I'm actually I jealous that i didn't think of this first but i'm gonna stick with Adesanya, and maybe I will just jinx Adesanya so that Bobby Knuckles wins. Y'all know I got uh, the jinx. I got the jinx factor sometimes too. I so. just hope Bobby's not also a Bolsonaro supporter. Fuck, what am I gonna do with myself? No, he just goes to, <laughs> he just goes to Jordan Peterson. Um, oh God, oh, that's yes. right. why the why'd you fucking remind me? That? Oh God. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, he's smarter than that. He should know better. All right, here we go. Light heavyweight. Man, this one's a toughie, but I'm I'm picking Yuri to come back and win. It all depends on when Yuri actually comes back. Mm-hmm. Because if he comes back this year, I think they'll just put him right into a title fight with whomever is the champion, mm-hmm. and he will win that fight. If not, then I think Akalayev actually is pretty well positioned to 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 get the title. I thought he should have gotten the win over Blachowicz, but I'm going to gamble that Prohaska will be back towards the second half of the year, take on one of Teixeira or Hill, and he will get that title back and he'll be champion. This division stinks, but we need more Yuri Prohaska in our life. Yep. Victor. I, w- I wish I were more optimistic about this. I don't think Yuri comes back this year at all. If his shoulder was that jacked up, if it was really that bad... I'm going to probably err on the side of caution and say he takes a little more time than, you know, what we might have wanted. And uh, he probably doesn't he probably doesn't come back until next year, Uh, although it is still early in the year. But, you know, things happen, man. Infections can happen. Complications in recovery like this is this is an area that's comprised of various uh, moving parts. And so, like, I I I don't know. I don't really think this is. I really think we need to evaluate the possibility he might be on the shelf for a lot longer than than we had initially expected. Uh, That would mean that since I'm thinking Glover is going to win it this week, um, maybe Uncle Liev or Jan gets it. I'd probably say Jan maybe, probably. If anybody's going to take it off of Glover again like that, it's probably going to be Jan. I don't think Uncle Liev takes it from Glover personally. I don't know. I just don't feel it. Okay, so you're going – I'm going to go with Jan. I'm going to go with Jan Blavich. I think he takes it again. Okay. 
All right. Got it. Heavyweight time. I'm saying Cyril gone. Gone. I, I didn't put too much thought into this. One, he's going to beat Jones. Well, two things. One, will Jones make the fight? Because mm. seven weeks is his. <laughs> We're on pins and noodles here with him. And two, if if the fight does happen, Gone is going to win. And then they're gonna, there's going to be some massive contract dispute between Cyril Gan and the UFC and Dana White. Cyril Gan will want to do boxing and kickboxing, all that stuff outside the outside the cage. Dana White's going to say Gan's taking the easy way out. He wants easier opponents. He doesn't really want to fight the UFC. And then we'll start the cycle again in 2024. But in all seriousness, yeah, Gan's going to remain the champion after he beats Jones. And uh, I say he will fight one of Pavlovich or Stipe a- a- after beating Jones. I'm just having this vision of Francis Ngannou at a PFL presser. He's wearing the big Suge Knight red suit, and he's doing the Suge Knight speech from the Grammys. He's you know, like, you really want to see somebody pay you what you're worth. Come to death row. You know, I was like, oh, okay. And also, a bit of a side note, I know we're, we're taking up a bit of time here, but does anyone else not find it hilarious that a dude named Suge Knight is diabetic? I'm sorry. I don't care that he's got problems <laughs> passing out and he might be missing a toe. I don't give a fuck. That's funny to me. Anyway, uh, enough about Marion. I, I think that Gunn probably, yeah, I, I think he, I think he beats Jones and there's a chance Jones wins it. But um, outside of that, I think that either Stipe or Blades might uh, step in and, um, and, and end up taking it off of whoever wins that fight. So, I mean, it's it's not even that this fight isn't relevant. It's just that I feel like Blades and Stipe are probably better equipped to, um, so who are you to beat either one of those guys. So, I th- hmm. the safer of the two choices, as wild as they are, is probably Stipe. But I'm going to go, circumstances be damned, I think Curtis Blades. Okay. As dumb and as weird as it might sound, I think he's just going to make himself undeniable, continuing to win, and there's just going to be some opportunity for him to get in there. So I'm 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 going to go with that. <laughs> I'm sorry, Victor in his way out from left field. That's right. That's right. All right. So it is time for us to wrap up the show. Do me a favor. Follow Mookie on Twitter at Mookie Alexander. Check him out over on SB Nation's field goal site if you are a Seahawks fan. Even if you're not and you just want to hang out with Mookie, go over there. Check him out. Victor has an amazing Instagram at Victor Sinister Rodriguez. If you're a travel fan, a foodie fan, his place is definitely where you want to be. Follow Victor and I's work on bloodyelbow.com. And if you listen to the pre-recorded outro, you get to hear Mookie still with those silky smooth tones telling you where you can find this show and all the other shows. So until next time, please stay safe. Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Presents production. To check out more of our content, subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is titled Bloody Elbow Presents. We're also on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, Player FM, and Amazon Music. Just search for Bloody Elbow Presents and you'll get brand new shows throughout the week, including Care Don't Care, the Level Change Podcast, the MMA Vivis Section, the 6th Round Post-Fight Show, 6th Round Retro, The MMA Depressed Us, Crooklyn's Corner, 
exclusive fighter interviews, show money, guest podcasts, the Hey Not The Face podcast, and radio-style play-by-play for every UFC pay-per-view. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Bloody Elbow blog, and as always, on BloodyElbow.com. <laughs>